Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail so you get more out of every hunt. And nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. Here we go, boys. Go. Hey. Oh, I love that sound. This is a good one. What's up, everybody? It's Dale Luganbill with the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. As always, thank you very much for joining me. Here's your, uh, well, this is going to be like a week recap and rant all rolled into one here. Um, Last week, we had the um, Minnesota Bass Nation TOC, Tournament of Champions. Uh, All the different clubs putting together their top guys and girls in hopes of making the state team and moving on to regionals, and uh, which opens up a chance to move up and up and up and up and up. Long story short, it's a, it's a long way to get there. Or it's not really a long way, but it's a, definitely a tough way to get there if you don't just have money, uh, but you could earn your way into fishing the classic which is pretty much every bass fisherman's dream uh and you know a big reason why a lot of us are doing this so my other recaps i've been uh up there on the whitefish chain scouting and doing some pre-fishing and then it was off limits you know and our club was up there just to recap that real quick um our club went up there loon state Bassmasters, and on the first day saturday uh, i was able to take a win I had first place with a decent bag, a good bag for that lake. Uh, it was 15 and change. And then Sunday did not do quite as well. Um, I Fourth or fifth place, I think I came in. Um, but everybody I talked to, you know, says that the lake can be stuff like that. Um, you know, if you can, like that, if I'd have had that day, you know, if I could get that kind of day during the tournament, I would have a pretty good chance of making the state team. I was like, all right, well, I feel pretty good about my my pattern and uh, what I had going on, so um, should hold. Like, pretty close after our club events, then the lake gets shut down. Um, it's off limits for um, anglers in the participating in the TOC. So then it reopens again the Saturday before. You get three days of practice, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then it's closed again Tuesday. Everybody registers and does all the stuff and gets ready for the event. And then Wednesday and Thursday are the events. I wasn't able to fish and practice Saturday and Sunday. That was my wife's birthday. And we took a little trip out to um, well, kind of the Dells, but we didn't go to the Dells. There was a... Cool ass little, I'll give them a little shout, cool supper club out there called uh, Ishnala. And uh, if you guys get a chance, man, check it out. It's uh, really, really, really good food. Like really good food. Um, and a cool area just to drive. We, we stayed off the freeway um, as we got closer, jumped off. Really pretty countryside out there with all the hills and bluffs and stuff. And then um, and then just headed, you know, stayed the night and then headed headed back. It was just a quick thing. But. Sidetrack there. Uh, I bottom line I didn't get much practice in. So Monday, I headed up, and by the time I got on the water, I don't know, it was like eleven o'clock noon or something like that. And I was checking some other spots out, coming up empty. Figured, well, I'll go check out um, my pattern, see if you know something's working. It was like, I don't know, 
second or third cast or something, I hook up with the fish. I was like, all right, well, that's good enough for me. And let's go check out some other spots. I go to take off. Beep, 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 beep. Alarms, oil alarms going off on my boat, which it's been doing that off and on for quite a while. Um, but hasn't it still goes? I mean, I check, I have oil, I have oil in the side reservoir, the outboard, the big tank's full, so I don't really know what it is. Did a little bit of quick research while I was on the lake, and there's uh, sometimes the magnet and the float get disconnected on like the big tank, and there is a an internet fix on that, so I have to take it back and you know dump all that out and go through it. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare the day before. You got to be kidding me. Um, but worst part about that was it actually kicked me into guardian mode on the my Mercury. So I couldn't go any faster than like straight idle, not even a fast idle. If I bumped that thing up, even like a couple RPMs, the alarms would go off and it, would, it just like, it was terrible. So I'm um, like, well, I guess I'm done fishing for the day. It's going to take me forever to get back to the landing. So I call around, and there's a, a marina right on the lake there, one of the lakes, uh, Bertha, Bertha Marine. And I'm telling them what's going on, and I was like, I might need one of those replacement tanks. If you, I mean, I was told there's like a weight on them, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, it's probably your little tank on the side. Let me check, see if we have one. They actually freaking had one i couldn't believe it and he's like yeah i think we we had something come in with a similar problem earlier this year and uh it didn't end up being that so they had like this spare part that just happened to be for my year making model i mean i think that part covers you know a few different years but still dude i have uh, it's a uh, 06 so you know it's not definitely not new crazy that, that they had it but i couldn't I couldn't have been more happy. Now, I don't know that this is the problem. Um, with a relative degree of certainty, it sounds like it might be the problem. Because um, earlier, okay, backing up, before I left, I know that beep was going on. I was like, oh, I need to work on that. And then there's a little sensor. You can, like, rebuy the sensor. It just goes in the top of that little tank. So I, the, the Marine by my shop, Hallberg Marine. I went and I purchased one of those. It was like a thirty-some dollar part. Slapped that in and hoped that that did it. And at first, it seemed to have fixed it, and then it started again. So obviously, that wasn't the problem. So I put that part in. Um, bought another jug of oil just in case. I didn't know if I was gonna have to dump a bunch of stuff out or what the thing was. Got her back to the cabin. Started working on all that stuff. Put it in, and then. So after Tuesday rolls around, you know, we all we I go register, um, do a little Zoom meeting, go over all the rules. If there's any questions, to kind of give us how it's going to work. It's just definitely different this year with uh, the dirty Rona. Um, you know, usually we meet in like a big hall somewhere and everybody hangs out and you get to shoot the shit and meet other people. And it's pretty damn cool. That didn't happen this year. Um, so they had like a, you, there's a time you're supposed to be there by your region and just go through, line up trucks, go through and you register that way. Everybody's wearing masks. Um, so that's, you know, that's how that went. So when that was all said and done, the zoom meeting was over. I'm like, I need to drop this boat in the water and see if everything's okie dokie. And there's this little tiny lake, um, by my cabin. Um, so I, I drop it in there, turn it on no beeping I'm like all right well that's good um motored around a little bit and it it never never went off <laughs> so that was the fix which was great but weird thing about it is like i kept expecting like i kept expecting it in my mind that the alarm would go off you know what i mean like it's just like like super nervous about it, anxious about it, whatever, like paranoid about it, I guess, if you will. And uh, it just never did. So I was like, well, knock on wood, that that's that was the fix. Um, cast it around a little bit and ended up catching a couple little bass on this little uh, this little lake. Because the other thing I did the night before is I, I re-spooled up a couple of reels. Um, and I'm trying this cold polymer out. I'd heard some good things about a cold polymer. I, I, 
I have some people that don't like fluorocarbon. I've never really had a bad problem with fluorocarbon myself. My buddy Jimmy hates the stuff. And that guide, if you remember, um, if you've been listening long enough, uh, when I was out in North Dakota, or North Dakota, North Carolina, we uh, we took a guide and did some bass fishing. I was out there, and he kind of said the same thing about fluorocarbon. So I got my brain moving, and I ended up watching a little YouTube video about it, and they tested it was an abrasion test, and they tested all these different lines. And they started with braid and mono and fluorocarbon and got to these copolymers. Braid is terrible. It was like made one crank. He had like tied to a three-pound weight. It was rubbing over like a piece of sandpaper or whatever. Like one crank of the reel, boom, cut that fluorocarbon. It's like, holy crap, that is pretty bad. And uh, the reason I'm doing this, I'll back up even further, is because that second day of the club, I lost two fish because they got wrapped around the dock. And it wasn't even like a bunch of times. It was like one time. And usually you just hold steady pressure on it, and they kind of unwind themselves, and you get the fish. I mean, I did that a couple times the day before. Not a big deal. Been doing it all summer. Not a big deal. But twice I had decent fish on that broke off that way. Now, they weren't giants, but they were that better kind of average that you wanted. And had I landed those two fish, it probably would have moved me up in the standings. I don't know if it would have been enough to win on Sunday, but, you know, it might have put me in third, maybe even second. So, I mean, it, it, it was a big deal. I'm like, that can't happen during the TOC. So I need to, I need to look in for sure. Just get new line. If not look into some different stuff. So that brings us back to this video. And, uh, so he goes through all these different kind of lines and basically at the end, he has like two different kind of copolymers that he was ended up, ended up cranking it 15 times before that weight fell. I was like, all right. Well, the stores around me didn't have the brands that he was testing, but I know Suffolk had um, cold polymer, so I tried out some of those. Anyway, so I spool up a few reels, and it was good. So I was testing the motor. I was on the water. I'm like, well, let's fish a little bit because, you know, a lot of times you put new line on your reels. Maybe you overload them a little bit or whatever, and it, they just, you know, there can be issues right out of the gate. Again, I don't want to be dealing with that time on the water when it matters. So I was like, this is a good time to work out the kinks. Went off without a hitch. Line performed great. Uh, it's really nice and supple. I do like that. Like, it's very cast, the castability of it. So, and the abrasion resistance is kind of yet to be determined. Um, but we'll see about, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Maybe later I can do a, as I get a little more experience with this line and we'll see if I like it or not. So that brings us to the day of the event. Actually, no, it doesn't bring us to the day of the event. Night four. So I'm registered as a boater with my club. Now, something happens here that I am i was not aware of, and I kind of bitched about it a little bit. However, you know, when I when I think about it, it's really on me. I, it's on me to know how the rules are, and I should have known that this was a problem, but I didn't, or not a problem, but a potential thing that could have happened, and I didn't. So, I mean, I can blame the organization all I want, but ultimately... I didn't do enough research to know that this was a possibility. So what happens, we get paired up. They're kind of late in giving us this information anyways. So it's like, I don't know, 6.30, 7 o'clock the night before the event. And they text us who our um, co-anglers are going to be. So I get the numbers, no big deal, for both days. Um, start texting. A guy calls me because he's driving. And we start talking, and he's like, so whose boat should we use? And I'm like, well, I'm a boater. And he's like, well, I'm a boater too. I was like, what? How does how does that work? And he had he knew how that worked, so he kind of started filling me in. He's like, yeah, so there's not an equal number of boaters and non-boaters registered. So usually they have to pair up. There's more boaters than there's spot for boaters is how it goes. So it's kind of a random job who you get, and if you get, um, they used to assign who the boater was and who it's not, I guess, in the past. Now they leave it up to the anglers, kind of work that out between themselves. So right away I'm like, um, well, that changes a lot. And I didn't want to, like, put my foot down and be like, okay, well, I've, I got this kind of plan, and this is how I've been pre-fishing. This is what I've found in practice and blah, 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 because I'm sure he's done the same thing. You know, it's like my experience isn't any better than his experience, so I'm trying to be open-minded about it. So we go down to, you know, we try to break it down logically. I'm like, well, what kind of boat do you have? Well, I got this. Right, what kind of boat do you have? Well, I got this. How big is it? It's this. When it comes down, it's all pretty similar. You know, my outboard's a little bit bigger. 
You know, I have a 175, he had a 115, but his trolling motor is newer. My trolling motor kind of sucks. Um, you know, electronics, blah, blah, blah. It Honestly, it came down to a coin flip, or actually, in this case, it was a um, a spool of line flip because it's all I had. He was driving, and I was in the boat, and I'm like, oh, I should have a quarter. And, of course, I just emptied my change out, which I rarely ever do. So I'm like, crap, what do I got in this boat? So I'm looking around. I'm on the lake still at this time, and I, I'm like, ooh. Got a roll of, you know, spool line here. It's got a sticker on the side, nothing on the back. I was like, all right, perfect. I said, all right, I'm going to close my eyes. As I close my eyes, I'm rolling around in my hand before I even throw it. And he's like, oh, I believe you. I'm like, yeah, I know, but just for, you know, I'm just letting you know. I'm just walking you through it. Toss that thing up, lands on the ground, out my eyes, and I let him call it. He called uh, heads, and sticker was up, so we used his boat. So that, I mean, I just, a couple issues. One, like I said, I haven't. I didn't even know that that was a possibility. So I didn't even have a contingency plan like, well, if this happens and I become, um, you know, I'm a co, I become a co-angler and I have to fish out of the back of the boat. Here, here's, here's plan B or here's what I'm going to do, or here's what I'm going to try, or I need to be prepared for this. I didn't have any of that Two, Because I didn't have any of that, didn't even know it was an option. I don't have a portable tackle system. Like all my tackle is in my boat, organized in my boat, ready to rock and roll the way I think I'm going to be fishing for the tournament. So now I'm like, shit, I got to get off this water. I got to get back while I still have some light. I got to put together some tackle, you know, minimize. It was a nightmare. I don't have a tackle box. Like I mean, like have individual, you know, tackle box. I don't have like a carrying bag. So I got my duffel bag, which I brought all my clothes in and stuff. I'm like, well, that's going to have to work. So I get back and I start, you know, I'm swatting mosquitoes because the sun's going down and I'm throwing tackle together. I'm like, I'm going to need this. What if I need this? I'm going to be on the back of the boat. So he's probably going to be flipping docks. So if he flips stocks and I need to, you know, I need my Senko stuff and I'm blah, 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 weighted wacky rigs and all this. Trying to come up with all these different scenarios like last minute and I'm just panicking. And on top of that, you know, the frustration level is there and it's just not convenient. Well, the one good thing about it, it wasn't like completely fishing off the back of the boat. So we broke, we split the time up. So he got four hours in the front, and I got four hours in the front. And um, you know, so it's not completely unfair. How they worked out, it was, let's just you know, we're like you know, whenever you want the front, come on up. He said, I'm like, you know, the only real fair way to do this 50 50 is like you just take the first four hours, I'll take the last four hours. Then, then it's not, then there's no confusion as to who got more time up front than the other person. And you know, I'm trying to be fair about this situation, which isn't great for anybody. And um, he had practiced more of the, the smaller water. Uh, uh, of the chain and I had practiced more on the main chain like upper and lower whitefish and he did all the other ones cross and island and all these different um smaller lakes of the channel which is almost like all right well that that works good because you have more experience down here than I do and I you know my experience up there so we'll fish down here for half day then you know maybe we'll run up and fish the big lake didn't really end up panning out that way as day went on boy we were struggling we weren't really finding a ton and uh and that's a that's a um, oh, I can't, brain. Hello here. Let's let's work here. It's understatement. There it is. There's the word I'm looking for. Uh, saying it was tough was an understatement. Like we were really struggling to put fish in the boat. So we're trying this, trying that, and so it's my turn to be in the front. And we're like, well, maybe we should go into the big lake and try. No, it's kind of windy, but I was like, I don't think it'll be too bad out there. Um, it didn't look too bad. So I was going to make a run up there, and we started to go through this channel that would have left us to let us to lower whitefish. And then we both kind of thought, we're like, well, you know, we haven't really tried deep weeds here. Maybe we should do that because we're right here. And there was only like, you know, a few hours left of the event. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, let's let's just try that. We're right here, maximize our time. So we did that. That didn't end up panning out. We saw this little shallow bay. It looked really juicy. So we went and we worked all that. That didn't pan out. So by the time we get out of there, it's like now we're looking at the clock and we're like, boy, we don't have a ton of time. If we made a big run to, you know, the big lakes and they didn't pan out, that was really a risk. So it's like, well, I guess we'll just stay down here and check out some more spots. You know, by that time we'd had a a few uh, fish in the box. Um, I don't remember who was what where, but we didn't have much. I might have had a couple. He might have had one. So we worked these other stuff. 
I end up filling my bag. I get I get five fish in the box. They are not impressive fish. They're legal. Well, that's about as far as that goes. Uh, my co, he struggled more than I did. He only had two fish. His fish were better than mine. I think he might have had more weight with his two than I had with my five. No, I don't. No, I don't think so. He had like two, two and a half. So he ended up with like five pounds of change. And when all said and done, I had my five fish, but they weighed just they were under eight pounds, which is so gross. Like, that is such, I mean, in all reality, I was out of contention at that point. I mean, an eight-pound bag on your first day, I mean, not impossible. Like, this this starts, like, you start going down that road, like, you know, the NFL, you know, when you get into the playoff picture and your team pretty much has been sucking ass all season long and they're starting to talk about the playoffs and this team is clinched and that team is clinched and then the local stations are like, you know, we're not mathematically eliminated here. Uh, that was almost a mad. You know, we're not uh, mathematically eliminated here. That was a terrible Madden. I feel like I could do better. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. Um, but it's kind of like that. It's like, uh, well... I'm not entirely out of it because what I my my understanding and my gut feeling is like, you know, if you had 14 days, 14 pounds each day, you're going to be in the mix to make you know probably put you in the top 10. So that's you know you're looking at 24 or 25 pounds, something like that. Um, you know, maybe somebody will crush it and you know have 15 both days and come in with 30 or whatever. But I was like, you know, you get 13, 14 pounds each day. That's that's you're going to be competitive. So in 24 is kind of like in my mind. And I'm like, I would need, huh, with, a, I need what, with eight pounds? I would need, uh, I can't even, 17 pounds would have put me at 25 pounds. So I would have needed 17 pounds, probably 20 to really, you know, solidify. And then like just to put out 20 pounds. However, somebody didn't have a 17 pound bag the first day. So it's technically possible. I mean, saw somebody do it. Somebody brought in 17 pounds. So I'm like, well, it's like that NFL analogy. I'm not completely mathematically eliminated here. So for day two, it turns out, um, I don't have this two boaters sharing a boat fiasco. I have an actual registered non-boater co-angler um so at least that part is out i'm like all right i'm gonna make my run i'm gonna fish my game i'm i'm just gonna do you know let's put yesterday behind me is i can't change that I just fish hard and come in with the best bag i can for day two and so we run out there i run to my first spot that has been i'm telling you it's been guaranteed every freaking single time i've checked on it this one particular dock has produced a fish, and this one particular patch of reeds has produced at least one, if not two, sometimes even three fish. How many fish do you think I caught between those two spots combined? That's right, absolutely none. That's not good. <laughs> that is not good. That means either somebody plucked those fish off there the day before, or in the time that I had to, the last time I was up there, whatever, the pattern totally changed. It's probably likely i mean the weed growth was different some had died off some new stuff had grown up and i'm like all right well whatever we whip around i check this kind of line of docks that i've been that have been producing really good for me nothing 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 and i kind of bailed on and that was the stretch of docks that i had caught a fish on in practice with like second cast so i was like but nothing there today so now we're back to square one, you know, and I'm I'm talking to my co-angler, and he's like, well, we can try that. I know this spot over here, and, you know, I was recommending that to my guy yesterday, but nobody wanted to go over there. I'm like, I'll check it out. I mean, I'm, I'm open to suggestions. Let's, let's see what we can do here. And uh, nothing was panning out. I mean, we were trying spots, trying spots, and just nothing. And so I ended up getting – had a fish in the box. Like <laughs> we're well afternoon now when I have one fish in the boat total. He hasn't caught anything. I've caught one. Like this is it's not good. It's not good. Uh so I get a hot tip. Thank you, Shark, um, who is our 
team captain. And so we take off and go check that spot. It's a little bit of a run. And we get there, and I get bit right away, and it's the stupid pike. <laughs> it's like, oh, of course it is. Um, but we keep fishing that, and we're just flipping these shallow pads, just heavy, hardcore. And I'm getting some bites, but they're getting off. And the same thing is happening. I'm just not fishing clean. You know, and some of it's out of my control. You know, I get that, you know, you had to use a pretty heavy punching weight to get through that thick cover. So when that thing swings around, they can toss the hook, blah, blah, blah. But what was happening for me, and I could feel it every time, is I'd get the bite, I'd set the hook, the fish would be on. And I'm cranking, trying to get that thing up on the surface, and I can feel that hook get embedded in the stock of a lily pad. And then one more head shake, and he's gone, and I'm stuck to the lily pad. That happened like three times, three, four times. Enough times that I would have had a bag to put together at the very least if that wouldn't have happened. Well, that's not how it panned out. I was able to... I was able to get one more fish out of there and time's up. I have, I mean, and we got back <laughs> when we took off, we literally like crossed the line you're supposed to cross before they start docking you uh, points or weights or whatever off your score. I mean, we got right to that line with like a minute to spare. I mean, we utilized every last minute of that clock that we could and, uh, Two fish for me, none for my co. And, you know, you go into these things, you're like, oh, we'll do our best. It's going to be a fun day of fishing regardless, you know, and you're shooting the shit. And, and it was. I mean, we did have fun. He was a good dude. We had, you know, we talked. We didn't talk that much because both of us were just like, we need to concentrate here. We got to get some fish in this boat. So you would think somebody would have their podcast and people that know me, like I would just talk nonstop and never shut up. But that was not the case. I was like really focused trying to make something happen and uh it just it just didn't happen so uh two fish is a far cry from 17 pounds that i needed to be competitive so needless to say i did not make the state team in fact i was way down on the bottom of the boaters and i don't know i wasn't dead last but man i was down there like I don't know, five, six, seven from last. It is not good and uh, has not been sitting well with me. I'm uh, still not over it, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Brutal. I mean, I, I went into this one um, like I really took it serious. I, took, I spent a lot of time up there, as much time as that I had available um, to scout and pre-fish. And I had high hopes. I did well in the club. Thought I had something good going together. I mean, there was that one snafu, you know, and you could play the coulda, shoulda, woulda thing all you want. I mean, the weather the weather was different. We had storms that rolled through, you know, Wednesday night into um, Thursday morning. Like, some pretty big storms. There. I drove through some pretty heavy rain on my way to the landing on Thursday morning. And it was a strong southeast wind. It was definitely more east of that wind than south. So, you know, that, that'll make it a tougher bite. So who knows? Had I been able to fish my pattern the day before, maybe the fish would have been there or they just would have been more apt to bite. And maybe I would have had a better starting point. But that wouldn't have changed what happened the next day. You know, so even if, let's say, I did have a really good day the first day and I had 15-some-odd pounds, they still only had two fish the second day. I mean, I got nobody to blame but myself for that one, you know. So it really doesn't matter. There's no reason to point the blame game at the organization, at directors and how they run their tournament. Um, you know, I do feel like there's probably a better way to, to do that, especially you should at least know, a, you know, more than three hours before you need to be to bed <laughs> to get some rest and fish the tournament. I, I do feel like there's some room for improvement there uh, and the way that's run. And uh, Shark even said, yeah, that we need to bring that up in the next meeting or something. And so I don't know. I mean, there's an intangible factor. I guess you could say I was off my game because I had a frustrating day before and stuff that was outside of my control. And that kind of changed my confidence level for the, the second day, which isn't it, isn't an entirely baseless argument. I mean, I didn't fish when I hit my like stretch of docks. I didn't even fish all the way up to the dock that I had found a fish on the day before. Like I quit way before that. I bailed on that pattern because I just 
I did have a lot of doubt in my mind at that point. My confidence wasn't high. So maybe if I had stuck with it, I'd have got to some better docs. Maybe that would have worked. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a big what if, who the hell knows. Um, but ultimately, I just own it. I did not perform well in that tournament, bottom line. I mean, that's just – I should have done better. And uh, so after beating myself up for a couple of days – uh, what has kind of been rattling through my mind. And so the next day, so Friday, no, did I fish anywhere Friday? No, I didn't. So uh, Friday I didn't do anything. Just packed up, uh, came home, did some work on the house. And then Saturday I went fishing with uh, Joel. Just fun fishing. We we headed out, uh, went to Rush, only caught a couple fish on Rush. Wasn't that great. They were good ones, though. And then uh, went to Chisago to go in air quotes, beat on those fish that we know where they're at. Well, that didn't turn out that way either. We did catch fish. Joel did way better than I did, as usual. Um, he had a pretty nice bag, if we were keeping fish, for sure. Uh, but we caught fish, and it was fun. And it was fun to not have to produce. You know, that was that was a little good for the soul. Um, and then uh, Sunday, we're like, well, we need to scout. Early goose is like two weeks away. I have land. Already got permission for it. Uh, when Joel's up there, though, he said that they'd already cut it, which I assumed, you know, they'd got the crops in so early this year. I knew, like, these small grain fields are going to get cut way, way earlier than I would want them to, um, which, go figure. I, I finally do the right thing this year, and I get my fields really early. I had permission for these fields like a month ago, and then they might not even be that great by the time opener rolls around. So we go and we check them out. It feels not nearly as bad as he made it sound. It is, they cut it tall for one. And then, so the weeds are already tall. They don't have much, you know, they're pretty tall. But I still think it's doable. If anything, the birds aren't going to want to be in that field just because they cut the wheat itself so tall. Like, they're going to be poking them in the chest when they land in the field. But there was cranes in it, and there was a bunch of pigeons in it. So we're like, we should do a pigeon hunt. We've talked about that a million times and never done it. So we finally agreed to do, we scouted around. Saturday morning, didn't really find a ton. Found geese in, like, super weird spots. And then uh, headed back. Ended up, you know, we didn't much during the day. Took a nap. We're going to hunt these pigeons in the in the afternoon. Grabbed some spinning wing decoys. I have four of them. So we get out there. It was uh, him and Austin, myself. And we get out there, set the – and there, there's a big – pigeon feed going on in the far end of the field and like should we set up there should we set it i'm like oh they're we're seeing them fly all around this field like they're they're flying around i think we're fine let's get our decoys out there they'll see them it'll be fine so that's what we do we get set up and there's standing corn there and a bunch of tall weeds and stuff so we just put our chairs behind there put out the spinning wings of course i didn't like think to charge any of them up so only two of them were working whatever what are you gonna do it's pigeon hunting i didn't take it that serious Sorry, sue me. <laughs> uh, but it turns out the two were fine. They started, they start coming right away. And man, I don't know if you guys have ever pigeon hunted before, but it is a riot. Those things eat up those spinning wing decoys, and they decoy so good. Uh, we did not shoot very good, however, especially to start. We were pretty rusty. Oh, Austin did. Austin was doing pretty good. Um, Joel and I struggled a little bit, of course. We didn't change our chokes out. I mean, I still got the pattern master. I mean, that pattern master choke just lives in there. I got the duck one. It's pretty. It's a pretty restricted choke tube. Not what you should be shooting for at pigeons or trap or anything like that. So you know, should have put a trap skeet choke in there or something, but didn't. You know, just kept the tight one in. It's like, hey, I'm either gonna hit it or I'm gonna miss. Whatever. It'll. A pigeon's about the size of a goose's head, so I'll get used to doing that, and then I can do headshots come early season and won't be blasting holes in the breast meat. Eh, at least that's what I told myself. <laughs> Anyways, we it was a blast. We, we hunted till early evening, 6.30, I think, so we finally called it quits. Um, but it was pretty much lights out from, like, 2 o'clock on, like constant supply of birds working us and, and dropping in. And uh, we definitely could have shot better. I'm sure we lost some birds in the field, but we picked up 51. Uh, that was pretty fun. That was pretty dope. Uh, definitely need to do that again. Although I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't have a, a ton of open time between now and early goose once early goose kicks off. Although afternoon hunt 
is what we did for pigeons. So, I mean, in theory, you know, you could hunt your hawkers in the morning, especially early season when they only fly for, you know, the first hour, two hours and head back. As long as the geese aren't in the field or using that field, they're back on their roost, man, you wouldn't hurt that field at all by just setting up and shooting pigeons in the afternoon. What else you can do? I mean, why not, right? So that's a possibility. But I might break out a different gun with a different choke and just have that available instead of swapping chokes up because I think it would be even more fun if I had the right choke in and a little the success rate went up a little bit. Uh, but that was a good way to end the weekend. Good last with some buds. Kind of started helping me shake off this tournament and put things in perspective. And so what I came away with um, with all of this was, okay, I can't change. Obviously, I can't change what happened in the tournament. So it's time to look for the next year. There's always next year, right? Let's go back to that football fan thing. And as a Vikings fan, I am well-versed in there's always next year. <laughs> so um, there's always next year. But what can I do this year? Well, this year, so there is a there is a caveat in that in the way the league, now that I know the way the league structure works and the tournament structure works is that how you get to be a guaranteed boater is how you place within your club. So I need to just do better within my club. We have two events left. I've won one event this year. I think Jim has got two. I'm trying to think of who else all won. Um, Tom won one, I believe. Uh, who else won? Okay, so Jim won one. No, Jim won two. Jim, Tom, Jim won again. I won... I'm missing somebody. What, like, ah, uh, well, I can't think, whatever. So, anyways, Jim's got two victories on me. Um, so, we have two events coming up in September. I need to win at least one of those. I need to, I need to win one of those and then place well in one of the other ones. So, I mean, yeah, in a perfect world. Maybe I could sweep my way out, but I <laughs> I won't hold my breath with that because uh, there's good sticks in my club. Um, Shark had a way better showing at the TOC than I did. Uh, he brought in, you know, he had full limits every day. He was in like the 12-pound range, I think, 12, 13 pounds. Um, so he did he did relatively good. He didn't make state team, unfortunately. Uh, but so, I mean, I got to compete against him. Jim's got two victories already. Everybody's a Tom, Cody. Nick, I mean, they're all, like, anybody could win it in my club. So that's definitely not a gimme. Uh, so I'm just going to have to, in my mind, like, treat these, you know, last two club events seriously. It's going to be tough because as we come into, I just don't have that many open, you know, weekends coming up. And once early goose kicks off, you know, it's going to, I mean, it might have to be a thing where I hunt in the morning and I fish in the afternoon. But I, I want to scout these lakes. I want to pre-fish these lakes, and uh, hopefully I can I can finish strong. Because if I can at least take out that factor of wondering if I'm going to be a boater or not, that's what I can that's what I can control, or at least that's the thing I can I have the most input in controlling, if you will. So uh, that's what I'm taking away with it. I obviously have um I have to just improve overall as an angler. Um, you know, I could sit there and say the weather was tough and the fishing was tough and whatever else, but, hey, somebody came in with a 17-pound bag. People came in with decent bags both days, so somebody had it figured out, right? So I need to be – I need to figure out what I need to do to be one of those guys. So that's where I'm at. That's where my head's at uh, as it pertains to fishing. Now, as we come into the fall and hunting season – I'm obviously jacked up about the early goose season. I got some things to put in order, but uh, Full Scale Outdoors is going to be running some goose hunts this year, and I do have some fields lined up, and there's lots of birds in the area. Uh, so if you would like to do a goose hunt, get a hold of me on any one of my social platforms. You can call text me, 612-209-5438, and uh, get something on the books. I got some. I got a Hometown Hero event on the books already. I've taken four of those guys out one day and I got um, starting to get some calls on that and, and booking some hunting trips. So that's going to be great. And also 
for all you people out there that don't like geese, that don't like ducks, like to hunt them, don't like to eat them, I just make jerky or I got to marinate in this, you soak in Italian dressing, all this bullshit, listen, it's not needed. You've heard me talk about this on this podcast before. Uh, in fact, I had just made, the other night, I made myself some, uh, it's time to start cleaning out the freezer. I had a couple leftover goose breasts from last year. So I took out some breast. I made some tacos. It's so easy and it's so freaking delicious. If you, somebody's like, "Oh, I just had this debate with somebody," and they're like, "Yeah, it has kind of a liver. It should not taste like liver if you do it right." And by doing it right, like I don't, it's not complicated. It's not like less is more. Now there's the complicated things you could do to it, and I'll get I'll get to that, but. You couldn't get any easier with the tacos. You just cut them in thin strips with the grain, a little bit of taco seasoning on the meat. You're going to throw that into a pan with some butter, whatever fat you want to use. Really quick toss it. I mean, this stuff isn't in the pan for more than three minutes. You know, you just want to lightly brown it on both sides. Do not cook it all the way through. Do not cook it well dead. This stuff needs to be medium rare. So you're a little like like you're tossing it it's like stir fry top and then get it off get it off the heat set it in the bowl cover it let that rest just forget about it and while that's doing that then you dice up some onions you throw that in the pan a little bit of garlic some butter when those onions all cook down add a little bit of water the rest of the seasoning packet basically following the recipe in the back of the season packet taco seasoning packet and that's that when that's ready add the meat back in just enough to warm it up you have all your fixings on the the table, your sour cream, cheese, salsa, whatever you like on your on your pizza or on your pizza on your tacos. Put it together. I'm telling you, you're gonna be blown away. I've had so many people I've made this for, just like they can't believe it. It's so fast, like from start to finish. I, it might have been 15 minutes, and I was eating. Like it's it's so quick, it's so easy. That you're not marinating anything in anything. It's just and it's delicious, super good. So that is one of the things that I'm going to be showing people how to do. We have um, teaming up with uh, Pheasants Forever, Legendary Longtails chapter, and Wings North Hunting Club in Pine City. And we're doing a how-to-cook waterfall event up there. There's room for 40 people. Uh, I've already booked a fair amount of them. So if you would like to do this, do not hesitate. I know it's on duck opener. I believe it's the 26th. Let me look here real quick. It is, yes, the 26th. We're going to do it at 6.30. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do in field to fork. I'm going to kind of show in case some people don't know. Because this isn't just for people that hunt. Like if you're, if your wife... Doesn't really like the haunt, but she's the one that, you know, I'm sorry if this sounds, you know, chauvinist, whatever. I don't mean it to. But if your family structure is that your wife does, the prime, you know, the majority of the cooking, she cooks your game for you and all that, send her. Send her to the class so then she knows how to do this stuff right. If you have, if you like to eat wild game but your wife doesn't because it's too gamey, this, that, and the other thing, you should both come out because I'm going to show you how to do it. Um, you can taste test it, bring in your own ducks. I mean, I'll, ha I'll have some there that'll be, have been donated. It'll all be legal. It'll all be labeled in that. I'm not selling the game. I'm showing you how to cook it. So I will, the, the taco things is one of the ones I want to do cause it's super easy. Um, I'm probably also going to do like just seared goo or duck breast. So the way I like to do it, skin on. I'll show you that. That's also super easy. Again, no marinade, no nothing. Super, super, super easy. It'll knock your socks off about how good it tastes. And then for the coup de gras, I'll have, well, I'll have been cooking all day. It will be braised goose legs, which is so good. It's so good. If you like roast beef, that's basically what you're getting. I'll do it in like a like wine reduction sauce. It tastes so freaking good that it's going to blow your mind that, you, that the part of the goose that you've been throwing away is the best part. I mean, I'll just tell you, I, I enjoy eating the legs more than I enjoy eating the breast. Like it's so, so, so good and satisfying. Now that is a little more entailed. So they'll walk you through the steps on how to do that. But really it's mostly waiting. Once you get everything set and everything goes, that thing goes in the oven, relax. That thing's going to cook for four or five hours until that meat all breaks down. 
And then, then we're going to do is fish the meat out, make a gravy out of it, whatever you want for your sides, mashed potatoes, some veggies, rice, whatever you want. Corn on the cob, does, that part doesn't matter. Whatever you want for your sides, you knock yourself out. But you you know, pour some gravy over that meat, and I'm telling you, melt in your mouth. It is so stinking good. So, Wings North, September 26th. Give me a hunk, give me a call, get a hold of me again on any social platform, uh, meeting platform that you're you're listening to this. I'm on Facebook, um, me Dale Luganbill on Facebook, which I'm, I'm I'm almost tapped out. I'm already tapped out on friends, um, but Full Scale Outdoors business page is on there. Uh, it's Full Scale underscore Outdoors at Instagram, me on Snapchat, um, on Go Wild. If you're on the Go Wild app, that's a cool app. Um, you can get a hold of me there. Again, just send me a text or call me, 612-209-5438. Give me your phone number, credit card. We'll lock your spot in, and uh, it'll be well worth it. And part of the proceeds that night are going to go to Legendary Longtails. So supporting a good local community, teaching everybody how to properly utilize the resource. Uh, you're, it is, you'll love it. I mean, I'm telling you. You'll rave about it to your friends, and hopefully we can kind of this knowledge will just then trickle down, and people can stop only making jerky. No, don't get me wrong. Goose jerky, I think, is better than beef jerky. It's delicious. I love it. But you don't have to only do that. You know, it's like if you only had beef jerky. No, steaks are good. Roasts are good. Tacos are good. You know, <laughs> like, and there's so much you can do. You can grind it. Like I did that last year. When we had that great hunt in North Dakota, we had so many birds. Like a guy can only eat so much goose breast or even legs or whatever. So like I started grinding it up, mixing it with hamburger, vacuum seal, one pump bag, stacks in the freezer beautifully. And you can put that in anything. You make whatever hot dish, casserole, what, whatever you normally would have used ground beef for, you just use that. It is a great way of utilizing um, waterfalls. So, you know, I can, I can touch on that in the class really quickly too. Um, I'm sure it'll come up, but... Again, I'm going to repeat, Wings North, September 26, 6.30 p.m. Get a hold of me. It's 40 bucks a person. Um, I think that's a fair price. There's a lot of work that's going to go into this, and you're going to get a lot out of it. So, And this isn't guaranteed yet, but I'm hoping to um, drum up some door prizes from some sponsors. Um, so hopefully you can walk out of there with something cool. Too. That's not a guaranteed thing, but we're working on it. I'll I'll let you know. I will confirm that. So that's it. Uh, Rant-wise, I don't have a ton for rants, but my rant is as I'm almost tapped out with friends on Facebook versus the amount of people that see my posts. And I did I did um, promote that Wings North thing with gave Facebook a little bit of money, um, but you know that whole Facebook algorithm. I just there's like. 2% of the people see my posts ever on Facebook, it seems, even though I have 5,000 friends on there, like literally almost 5,000 friends on there. So what I need from you guys is to continue to share the content. Uh, you guys did that with a lot. I've seen a lot of you people did share when I boosted that post about the dinner. That was great. Thank you so much for doing that. The other stuff you can do is like, you know, post this episode right to your Facebook feed and tag somebody that you think would like it. You know, but I think that's about the only thing can really do to bust into that um, Facebook algorithm is tap into those other networks. So I need your help. I need you. I I don't know how I can do it, but I'd love to put something together that I could see like how I'm reaching or if I'm even reaching um, these people that are on my friends list. I mean, that's why we do it. We're networking, right? That's trying to get the most out of our social network that I can. And listen, the more hunting and fishing stuff you put on your page and like and share and comment, that's what you're going to get on your page. So if you're tired of all the political bullshit and the, and the social drama that we got going on right now, you can be proactive in what you see on your page. Takes a little discipline from yourself personally because when you see those things and generally human nature, we react to the negative stuff. So you get all pissed off and you go type, 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 you know, so-and-so's a moron, dangerous for this country. I don't care what side of the aisle on, is that you're on. It, everybody does the same thing. You bitch, 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 bitch. Well, Facebook, they're not insidious on it. 
like they're going to show you what you're interested in. So the more you comment on that shit, the more you're going to see that shit. So you can take it upon yourself. Start only liking and only commenting on stuff you like, like fishing and hunting shit. Then you'll start seeing more and more and more and more of it. So we can kill two birds with one stone here. uh, No pun intended. Make sure you're liking my posts. Make sure you're sharing the episodes. Tag people in the episodes so they make sure that they see it. That's like the only guaranteed way you know somebody will see it is to tag them. And maybe I need to just start randomly tagging people. I don't really like to spam people, but um, maybe I got to. Maybe that's the only way I'll get this stuff out. So need your help. If you could do that for me, I'd really appreciate it. Continue to like, uh, to rate and review the podcast where possible. Even if you've already rated uh, the podcast, do it again. Like I on the podcast that I listen to, listen to every time I kind of like pull it up. It had the stars are always there. I click it. You know, if I if I listen to one and I an episode and I really enjoyed it, boom, I give that thing five stars and I send it off. Every time you do that, that breaks into like the iTunes or the Apple Podcast algorithm, and then it'll start you know suggesting that to other people. Uh, it would be awesome if at some point in time, like when you pull up Outdoor Podcast, Full Scale Outdoors is kind of in that first page top list and you don't have to search for it. At this moment, you have to search for it. And don't forget, when you put it in a search, it's Full Scale One Word. That matters. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. I got just a few decals left. So if anyone wants a decal, uh, get a hold of me. Same way, send me a message. Um let me know how you like the podcast. Share it with your friends. And uh, I'll just need your address and I'll send you I'll send you some decals and continue to build this thing together. All right. Well, we're getting dangerously close to an hour here. I think I'm at 50 minutes. So I'm going to wrap this thing up. Thanks, everybody. I uh, appreciate all your support. Hopefully, I have better news to give you as we move on into the future. I think we're going to have a dynamite early goose season, dynamite waterfall season. Sounds like duck and goose numbers are up pretty much everywhere. Uh, So we should have a really, really, really good season. All right. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.